This episode is brought to you by Funnables. Funnables aren't just fruit snacks. Every bite your child takes is fueled to spark their imagination, taking them from a wild unicorn space mission to a deep sea dive into a rainbow river. Funnables are made with 7.1% real fruit puree and are an excellent source of vitamins A, C, and E. So anytime, any place, make snack time playtime with Funnables fruit snacks. Have fun. Eat it too. Visit FunnablesNacks.com to shop now. Welcome to Worlds Collide, the wrestling card podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans. Featuring Tony Bella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. This is like a, a stock market. Like- and Zan Morning from Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, I'm just posing the question. Join them as they navigate the world of wrestling cards, helping you build a bigger and better collection and making some money along the way. What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors, back again, worlds collide, and man, do we have to jump through some hoops to get this recording done today. We've got Tony with new equipment, having problems. <laughs> we've got both of our schedules going crazy. We've got weather issues. We've got all kinds of stuff, but we're trying to get it together at a new recording time for both of us to get these things done. Tony, how's it going well, today? We barely made it. Yeah, we did. We just uh, barely made it with uh, seconds to spare. Uh, do I sound okay? I think it sounds great. Okay, great. So, What do you guys uh, think? Let us know what you think of Tony's new mic. Does he need to throw it away and go back with the old school headset? Do we need something better? Do we need to go to something worse? Do you guys want like ECW TV quality audio for your listening pleasure? I can certainly do that. I can handle that. I can just talk right into the laptop if you want me to. <laughs> so today, and hey, that's maybe that's a misconception, kind of what we're talking about today. Are, are we... Is there a misconception that people want really good audio quality when we're talking about wrestling cards? I don't know. But today we're going to be talking about the biggest misconceptions in wrestling card hobby. Tony, this is another one of those topics that you came up with. And I was like, absolutely, let's run with it. Because I was like immediately thinking of all different kinds of things. But I'll let you kick things off because it was your idea. And you actually had like three things right off the bat you wanted to talk about. Uh, I kind of forget because it's such a long time ago. That's a problem with these topics sometimes is that, um, they come to me at a moment and I just shoot you off a, a text message. What do you think of this? And you're like, yes, thumbs up, add Done. it to the notes. And I go, okay. And then I <laughs> add it to the notes and I try to put some stuff in there and then I go, okay, I won't forget about this. This is something that was pretty, uh, fresh on my mind at the time. And then I go, well, by the time we get around to recording, I go, what, what was that all about? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, this topic was brought up about, um, I was thinking, just going through like, you know, social media feeds, Twitter and whatnot, and, and kind of going, well, I think people always just think that the only thing worth going after in our hobby, whether it be just to collect or for investment purposes, is Hulk Hogan or The Rock. That's kind of real, the, like the top yeah. tier. That's it. That there's that's a, They're the end all, be all of our hobby. Uh but I think that's not true. I think that's a huge misconception that, you know, like any other sport we have out there, there's a lot of other great talent and legends. You know, um, I think I even put in our notes, you know, like, you know, we have our current uh, day heavyweights. Um, I get all the headlines, but there's a lot more that, uh, as I said, meat in the bone than just your main eventers. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of what we're going to cover. It's like maybe finding out, you know, some other talents out there that are worth investing in worth collecting and it's just not those two big guys you know 
you said it, there's so many more opportunities out there. And I want to take this from just the collecting standpoint. When you look at sports cards, like one thing that drives my interest for to continue building the cross super collection is I see these guys out here collecting these random, I'm not going to say no name, but like lower tier 90s basketball stars or like 80s junk wax era baseball stars that and that like that maybe they were on a World Series team, but they weren't like they they weren't the Mickey Mantle or the Babe Ruth. They weren't those kind of guys, kind of like we're talking about with Hogan and The Rock. And I see the the interest and the passion behind these collections that these people buy of these these lower tier players. And that's what drove me to continue going down the path of cross. Now, obviously, I just like him as a talent. I always have. And now that he's back at WWE, we've discussed that that's an you know, awesome thing. And, you know, people were like, oh, you need to sell, sell, sell. And I'm like, OK, clearly you guys don't know how to collect and how to have fun collecting anything. Mm-hmm. You're just doing this for the flip. That's okay if that's what you want to do, but that's not what I'm doing, and that's not what I'm talking about specifically with this thing. And wrestling above anything, I've seen the community kind of take off with this. We're starting to see people, you know, super collecting people like Omos or Dewdrop, or you know, maybe they're super collecting indie sets and they're trying to go after as many sets as possible. Just mm-hmm. so many different ways of collecting that I am starting to see that aren't Hogan and The Rock. That being said, I think it needs to be bigger. I think we need to see more people getting into the super collecting and finding the rare, you know, with Panini now, rare parallels, low numbered stuff of these other stars, especially the current day. We're starting to see more of that, but we need more of it on top of that. I agree. I really do. I think it's nice. And especially because of Panini stuff, I think it either forced people to have to rethink on how they're going to collect whether it be a player collector, super collecting, whatever you want to call it, uh, or I'm just going to go after base sets. And even that's become a, a, a kind of a pain in the butt right now because, you know, Select made it really hard for base set collectors with that 400-card base set and how they broke that into tiers. But that's a whole different discussion. Um, so it's just interesting and, and nice to see that people have kind of like, you know, found other ways to keep interest in the hobby like you said by collecting again not no names but you know lower tier type talent that they enjoy watching or um you know have some kind of a connection with and so it's just there's a lot of other things to go after in our hobby besides just having like oh well you know i can't afford those hogan's or the rocks or you can even throw andre and rick flair in that in that same same category the same level um there's more to it than just that i mean even those names still have lower end type cards you can go after and still yep. collect and enjoy. Um, sorry, but yes, maybe you have been priced out when it comes to wrestling all stars. Sorry, maybe you have been priced out when it comes to the you know ninety eight comic images superstars autograph of the Rock. But there's still lots of other cool ways to collect, uh, even from those time frames. Um, and so those guys, the misconception here is those guys aren't the end all be all when it comes to our hobby. There's other ways to enjoy it. Um, you know, and going to segue into it, like, uh, even buying raw versus graded kind of things. Um, you don't have to just grading. Isn't the, the only preferred way in our hobby. There's a lot of guys now who are buying on the cheap, buying stuff raw because prices in our market has kind of gone down. So people are out there. Uh, being able to pick up some really good deals on things that they thought they couldn't afford, but like, oh my God, I can't afford this. And I like it because it's not graded, so I don't have to worry about that added uh, uh, price added into it. So I can just kind of afford to buy raw because that's all I care about. I care about owning it. I care about 
having that nostalgic feeling of owning that card. So there are other ways to do it. So grading isn't the only preferred uh, method of collecting. So much to touch on there. I think as far as the, I actually want to go back a minute. You're talking about base set collecting. Uh, something I've actually heard more people talking about with newer collectors and my my eBay store, quick plug for that, uh, that the sales are showing this. And that is there are people out there that still just want the base card, whether they're set collector, whether they're not. Maybe they're a newer person just getting into the hobby and they want these lower end things. They And whether it is the, you know, the Andres and the Hogan's or whether it is going after, you know, the favorite people that they're currently watching on TV buying that, you know, the prism cards of the, you know, people like Chad Gable or Otis or something like that. I am seeing more interest in that stuff, but do you think that could be just we're getting more people in? Um, yes, and also I think because of the craze, this is something I've, I've been thinking about, maybe because of the craze now we're seeing more people getting base set cards signed at meeting, meet and greets and stuff. Good call. So, so maybe people are actually going out there going, you know what, that's a cool looking image, it's a cheap base card, I can buy that. I can go, I mean, and then you got Fitterman and the whole bit, like with the recent thing right. with uh, the Brock Lesnar signing. They're out there buying, you know, all the you know, uh, Brock, you know, O2 cards they can possibly find. Um, yeah, he bought it, he bought one from my eBay store and it was graded. It was an eight. And I'm like, okay, is he getting the slab signed? Is he cracking this and getting it signed? And then, I imagine it's got to be getting it cracked. I, yeah. I'm sure he's going to have it cracked. So, um, but there's that to contest with too, which is. Yeah. People just going out there and probably – I'm just seeing a lot more of it on social media where people like showing, hey, you know, thank you, Shelton Benjamin, for signing my card mm-hmm. or, you know, those kinds of things. And they're just base set cards. Nothing's really special about the cards, but they got an opportunity to meet that talent and get something that was an expensive sign. So that could also play into why we're seeing a lot of, you know, base singles being sold too because there's a lot more meet yeah. greets going on, a lot more collectors are getting into that. It's super, super cheap way to do it. So Yep. The other thing I want to touch on before I get back to grading, uh, you mentioned that some people look at this and they're like, well, I can't afford the Hogan or the Andre or the Ric Flair. Do you wonder if, I, I think this sometimes, that some of these people may be saying that and maybe looking at these because that's what everybody else is doing, not because they necessarily want to collect it or in, or you know buy it. It's just that's what everybody else is doing. That's what I have to do. Yeah, it's a, and that's not a really good way to look at it, I think. I mean, you no. don't have to follow. Don't be a sheep. You follow what you feel makes you feel <laughs> sorry. You follow what you feel makes you feel the best. Yep. Um, and if you have an attachment to Hogan and Flair and Andre, then by all means, go down that, that lane uh, and collect what you can obviously reasonably within your budget afford to go buy. But if you also like, hey, I like Riddle. Hey, I like, you know, uh, you know, whoever, like I, anybody. Um, uh, you know, I'm an Orange Cassidy guy. Whatever the case may be, go after that person and, and collect them because there's a lot of things that can be very affordable and across the board. So just because everybody else is saying Hogan and Andre and Rock and Flair and whatever the case may be, doesn't mean you have to. Right. Yeah, you know those names. Maybe you weren't a fan of theirs. Maybe back in that time you were a Bushwhacker fan. Maybe you were uh, a Rockers fan uh, or whatever the case may be. Um, go after those guys. Go after guys that uh, touch you in a certain way uh, that, um, you know, make you remember um, that time frame of when you were loving uh, watching wrestling. So that's the whole thing about wrestling anyways. It's so nostalgic. You can take you right back to a moment or an era. And, um, you know, these guys, again, we're going to repeat ourselves a lot here. They're not the end-all, be-all. So just don't follow everybody else because they're 
going on this route and saying, oh, I, I see David Peck's collection and Rob England's collection. They have such amazing collections. I want that too. Uh, I need to get that. No, you don't need to get that. Um, you can go get what you like that's specific to you. Yeah, I say take take what they're doing, learn from it, and apply it to how you do your thing. Correct. Yep. And going back to the gradings, um, I think really the grading is beneficial for two things. Number one, if you're doing set registry, uh, I, I'm going to say three things. Set registry, uh, validation to make sure you don't have a fake autograph or a fake card. And then yep. the third thing is strictly for profitability. If you're getting it because, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you can take a $10 card based on what it is. You can get a nine or a 10 on it and you can triple your money just by putting it in a piece of plastic slab based on yep. the grade. And I see a lot of more modern collectors seem to think that grading is the end all be all. And then some of the super vintage people think that it's the end all be all, but there is this middle ground where not everything has to be graded. Like I don't know that I have any carrying cross stuff that's graded just being on like maybe one or two things. But I, I'm not grading any of that. I've seen some people out there putting together really awesome, like modern shiny PCs where they're all mm -hmm. in one touches and they're still in a really nice, like Pelican style case. And it's got the foam and it. it's really nice looking, but it's all one touches. None of it's graded. So I, I'm with you. Like it, it's gradings there. It's always going to be there. It's important, but it is not the end all be all when it comes to collecting. And I, I think a lot of times people will miss out on opportunities for cards just because it's not graded or it's not a 10, you know, it's something like that. So, yeah, I mean, um, it doesn't have to be for you. I mean, if, if obviously if you're in it for uh, just for investment and, and trying to profit off of, you know, the flip, yeah. then obviously that's kind of where the direction you're going to go. Sure. So maybe you're going to go out and, but even then I still disagree. Even then, you're probably still going to go out and want to buy raw anyways because you're trying to, you know, find a deal that you can, like you said, find a $10 card and hopefully get it graded with a nice grade if you have a keen eye for that kind of thing mm -hmm. and then flip it for triple the value probably. Right. But, you know, there, there is that middle ground. There's, it's not either this way or that way. So we, we, we know we've talked to people who absolutely despise grading and others who live by it. So, uh, but there's a, a larger group of people who live right in the middle of those two, two sides. That's me. <laughs> yep. All right, the next thing we're going to talk about, and this is something I actually saw a reply to one of our podcasts on, which is when we talked about the rise of autograph cards. And the misconception being that autograph cards are like the safest place to put your money. And that's just not the case on nope. so many levels. So many levels, because I think that muscle autograph cards, as we've seen over the years, and we've talked about it many times on this podcast, on various other podcasts, where we've said that, it's just almost criminal where we see certain autograph cards for almost nothing. Mm -hmm. Like you can you can pick them up for five, seven, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks, you know, which is basically nothing in the grand scheme of you know the hobby itself. And it's just um, just because they're autographs doesn't make them the end all be all of what you sh you should be collecting of that particular said person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I can tell you firsthand when I buy out a lot of collections or I buy bulk from people, some of the listeners of the show actually I bought from, uh, there will be autographs in there, whether it's sticker, whether it's on card, whether it's a parallel, there will be autographs in there of some like Hall of Famers, some decent named modern stars, but they're just thrown in bulk because they're not, they don't have the level of respect. Like uh, I know I got a Booker T in one of them that I bought. Booker T is a well-known guy. And yep. apparently he's just, you know, not like he's not respected enough that people wouldn't put an autograph of him in a bulk buy. 
You know what I'm saying? So the people out there that are saying buy the autographs of the Hall of Famers, you know, sure, if you if that's what you collect. But from a strictly investment standpoint, it's not always the best way to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if that's somebody that you're collecting, you PC for whatever reason, whether it be of the attachment to them or you like the way they sign their name. I think uh, isn't isn't Ryan going after all the uh, beefcake cards? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and he's having a lot of fun doing that, and he's getting them almost relatively inexpensive because, right. I mean, it's a legendary guy, Brutus Beefcake. I mean, hello, first ever. This is your card episode, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, you know it's just inexpensive. And but autographs at the end of the day just aren't always the best investments. I mean, obviously we see a lot of shiny stuff and low number, serial numbered stuff, even, you know, short print stuff that's not numbered. We see all that kind of stuff and those are going for bigger money and parallels of what's driving the current modern product mostly. And, um, but you know, autographs again, well, even like people aren't, I'm going to say this and people are not going to be happy with me, but Hogan flair undertaker, these guys are signed. Like people say when they're, when they're gone, you know, the, the values are going to go astronomical hundred percent agree. Sure. That being said, it may not do what you think because these guys are literally signing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. It's not yeah, like there's there's no short part of these guys' yeah. autographs out there at all. Like there's nothing rare about their stuff. Uh, the ones you're going to be looking for that are rare, you know, Andre, that's rare. Yes. So if anybody if anybody of that has we first started talking about misconceptions of you know Hogan and Rocks and Andres and Flair's the Rock, that's be, another one that's going to be rare but, too because he just yeah. doesn't sign. You know, until unless something happens in the next year or two or three, or whatever, he starts signing a bunch of stuff and says, "You know what? Screw it! I'm going to sign a bunch of stickers and put them out right. there." I mean, for now, he's kind of in that Andre realm where it's like there's not a lot of stuff out there with him, you know, um, uh, certified uh, out there that's signed by him, uh, and you know, Andre even being less. So yeah, those are kind of guys where autograph wise, yeah, those guys are kind of going to be uh, worth sure. a lot more. Yeah, and you know, like I said, the when when. Blair, um, Hogan, Undertaker, I use those examples. When they do pass away, I, you know, it's like I said, these people who are saying the value is going to go through the roof, they're not wrong. It's just that it may not be as much as you think based on the volume that's going to come out because, you know, they'll sign anything. Yep, and it's that first 72 hours. I, I know somebody had yeah. mentioned uh, um, something on Twitter recently came up about, um, it might have been Anoki. Uh, who yes. just passed away, mm-hmm. and people are like, "Oh my God!" People are throwing up autographs and uh, trying to. I don't understand why people want to capitalize on someone's death. That's always been the case long before any of these yeah. people were myself was even born. Yeah. Um, things of value of collectibles um, traditionally in the first seventy-two hours of someone passing is when something peaks. Then it kind of uh, then it plateaus at a certain level, and that's kind of the floor level of where it stays at from that point forward. Right. Um, it happened when Michael Jackson passed away. It happened. I saw it when it happened with, you know, when China, I saw it with Prince, all the different things. Um, so it's kind of what usually happens. And <clears throat> here we are. We're just uh, a couple of days now removed from Anoki passing away by the time we're recording this. And um, uh, you're going to see that probably starting to flatline a little bit as far as, nope, no, I'm sorry. That's a bad, bad, <laughs> badly, but yeah, to just, you know, level out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to level out that was i didn't mean it that way you know to, to level out uh and um it's just that's what people do you know collectors are always going to do that there's going to be sellers always trying to capitalize on someone passing away that's just how it's always going to be you're never going to stop them never going to well, stop them we touched on this too but let's let, before we move on to the next topic let's touch on this real quick you mentioned Inoki. that's a little bit of a harder autograph to get too yep. and say but then you have to also look at okay we mentioned we talked about this in a previous episode. We're talking about it now as far as like the best quote investment. While Inoki may be rare, the mass 
mainstream of the hobby do they even really know who Inoki is? I mean, the diehard wrestling fans do, but you know, the people out there that are, you know, going to be willing to spend six figures on a card, are they going to be ever looking at Inoki? I say yeah, probably I mean, not, you're, unfortunately. Probably not. Yeah, your 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 big Sasha Banks super collectors or your Becky Lynch super collectors or your Roman Reigns super you know, guys in modern stuff, uh, they only know the name. They don't know the game. Right. That's that's a great way to put it. <laughs> So the next topic up is there's no enough there's not enough demand for wrestling. Nobody collects wrestling cards. I'm not going to carry wrestling cards at my shop. I'm not going to have wrestling cards at my, you know, table at a card show. There is just not enough demand. Thoughts? Um yes and slightly no. Um the slightly no part is because I mean, I don't go to a lot of card shows, but I've been, you know, we see things being uh, posted up on social media, especially within the wrestling and trading card community. We're seeing people comment like, hey, nice to see that there's more cards now, there's more wrestling cards being shown at some dealers. Not a lot, but more than I'm used to seeing. Mm -hmm. um, this year at the National, that was, uh, for me, uh, I'm probably not the best person to probably weigh in on past and present, but um, uh, my understanding was that there was a decent number of wrestling cards being shown mostly vintage because that's where uh you know most of these uh type of collectors are going to be at from the you know, national i guess um you know, very very li little modern most of that was just uh prism stuff um but it was nice to see that there was a some representation of wrestling cards there yeah but and the flip side too is that no there needs to be more of it there's the demand for wrestling cards i guess isn't there from the mass is not like basketball and baseball and football, but it's slowly climbing. I mean, we've been talking about it for months and months and months since Panini got in the game, but, but you know, the, uh, the, the Panini, uh, the, the prism, you know, uh, issue. Whole, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it did for good, bad or indifferent. It did, you know, shine a light on our hobby greater than ever before. And, um, you know, we're still kind of seeing some benefits from that. I think, um, I don't know, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think of all of the fringe things that are not the big three, baseball, basketball, football, uh, I you know, hockey's always going to have like a diehard fan base, but I think mm -hmm. wrestling is kind of like that. But it seems like we've got more people into wrestling and they've stayed and they've found their own lanes as opposed to a lot of these other fringe things, whether it's F1 or Marvel. We're now starting to see that, yeah, there are people sticking with it, but the the hype and the dollar amount and the collectors out there, it's really starting to go down because they see that the money's not there anymore. And then they realize, you know what? I was actually only in this for the money and the, the mainstream appeal for what was going on at the time. And I feel like wrestling card collectors are just like, man, this is fun. I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep finding these new ways to collect my favorite wrestlers because once again, I think that's a, the biggest missed opportunity for people that I'm not saying you have to collect wrestling cards if you're a dealer or a store, but something that I just really think they're not thinking about is the longevity of wrestlers and the diehard, you know, the, the diehard collector base, they'll spend tons of money in wrestling fans in general. Uh, you know, they want to talk about these worldwide audiences, um, professional wrestling. It's like one of the best worldwide audiences you could have outside of Disney or Marvel or something. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you've got like the, the fact that they're not going to get hurt, but you know, we've seen time and time again, where controversy comes up on some of these big stars. Oh, their cards are going to go down. Actually they go up mm -hmm. like these, these are just opportunities that 
these people are missing out on by saying, I'm not going to handle wrestling cards at my table, at my store, because there's not enough demand. You're right. There may not be demand like they're thinking, but I've also seen people that are just like, you know, um, they buy out collections, but if there's wrestling or Pokemon or something in there, they're not going to mess with it because they don't see opportunity. I'm just like, you guys are missing the boat. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, uh, the beautiful thing about wrestling, too, is that no season. So there's, yep. uh, it's always constantly going on. And especially if you're um, a dealer trying to sell and you said, you know, I'm going to have a little, like I have that 5,000 count box of all their miscellaneous stuff. And it's usually kind of categorized by type. And so that W's for wrestling is in that last row towards the back. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you know, they have it all marked there, but you know, there's just a talent there that, uh, you know, you, you can never go wrong with some of these guys. You're not going to go wrong with, you know, your legends. Like, I don't care if it's just Hogan and flares like that. Um, and then again, there feeds into the topic here, which is the misconception that that's the only thing that's worth any money, which is not true. Um, it's just, uh, I don't have to worry about, uh, in sports. We've talked about time and time again, where people get injured, uh, all of a sudden their, 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 their value goes down cause they're not producing for their team. And then, you know, some no name guy, especially like in football, you know, yeah. big name running back, you know, he was consistently been like this good seller of product all of a sudden gets injured. And some backup guy who's a no name really comes in, has this monumental game of like rushes for 200 yards, three touchdowns. Like I'm going to start investing in him and. You know, it's just um, the next week that guy's hurt. Yeah, and then he's hurt, or <laughs> yeah. the other guy comes back, and they got to get rid of him. Now he's got some trade value, like all this crap going on. Um, and so, wrestling is not kind of like that way. Yeah, it's storyline driven, but even in bad storylines, fans tend to still stick with their guy or gal, yep. uh, even in bad storylines, um, in hopes of seeing them get turned around to something else. Um, that's just the thing too. We have so many different characters to, to invest in, like that. But you know. Uh, the profit margins, as I think we're going to segue into the next yep. part, it's just um, it's probably not there for the dealers in their mind. And I disagree with them because yep. you've actually I'll just let you go with this because you've said this on numerous shows in the past about how the margins are absolutely there. They're absolutely there. And in some cases, I think they're probably even greater when it comes to something, as you call it, a fringe market of like wrestling, which is we want it to be more mainstream, but it's still kind of on the fringe. Um, I think even the, the ROIs are probably even higher there in wrestling based on what your investment is on some of these cards. Yeah. Um, I could take a dollar card that's probably going to be sitting in some dealer's box who has no idea that, you know, it's just wrestling. And, it's, and I can flip it for, you know, 10, 15 bucks. It's because the wrestling card community knows that that's a good card. Um, it, it's... It's crazy to me to think that people would look at wrestling cards and go, well, there's not enough zeros in it, and I don't want to deal with it. But when the percentages are there, as far as what I can buy into and what I can sell, it's equal to, if not greater, than every other sport, I think. Personally, yeah. I mean, just, just yeah. looking at what we see online, seeing guys take things and flipping things, we're like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm probably into this for like actually pennies because I bought it in a lot, or I'm into it for 50 cents because I bought it in some stack sale on, online somewhere. Um, and then I turned around, I went and got it graded, and I got a eight or a nine or, you know, good for you, a 10. And now I'm getting 30, 40, 50 bucks for it. That's a huge, that's a huge profit margin. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's people out there saying that they can't, they're having problems in the sports car market right now, making any money on anything. And I wonder if it's just a work ethic. You know, it, I, I say that 
because a lot of these guys out here say, "Oh, I'm on the grind. I'm on the hustle. I'm flipping." Blah blah. Yeah, but, but they're but, used. They're used to buying the sh- almost a sure thing. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to buy the Trevor Lawrence cards because I know he's a sure thing right now. I can flip him right now. I got. I, I'm low invested in him. I can still go out and, and flip him, and I can make that. $50 profit, $100 profit, $200, whatever it is. Right? But those same percentages exist in wrestling on a more consistent basis. Yep. And you just have to do more of it. And I think that's maybe what the problem is. Like they think yeah. that they're too good to mess with these sub $5 cards that if it's not a, you know, $100 plus card, I'm not, it's not worth my time. And once again, another missed opportunity. Like I found uh, an example, I can give at a local card store. I was looking through their 50% off thing and I ended up buying some sports stuff to flip because I knew what the value was. But in there was a finest gold Shayna Baszler for $3. And I know it's, it's Shayna Baszler, but that's, you know, a minimum of like a $5 card. Yeah. I mean, if you you sold for six, you you sold, you doubled your money. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 it's like, well, it's only for $3, man. I can't feed my family off of $3. But can you feed your family, maybe pay some bills if you had like, I don't know, a couple hundred of those $3 profits? Exactly. (laughs) That's the point right there that I'm always trying to drive home is like there's these people out there that say, yeah, I'm hustling and grinding and all stuff. I'm like, but are you really when you're only selling one card a month? Like you might make more money than me, but I'm actually making higher margins. I just have to do it in volume. Yep. So, and I say that, you know, you've talked about it before. I want to put, you know, I'll put this in the same thing. Non-sport, Pokemon, you, you've talked a lot about non-sport, but Pokemon, mm-hmm. all these other fringe things, there's just as much margin and all that stuff as there is, if not more, than sports cards. And yeah. wrestling is at the top of that list. Yep, I agree with you 100%. I will, I will die on that hill, sir. Me too. And <laughs> speaking of dying, we're going to die probably before we get off this episode. This is the end <laughs> As Jim Morrison said, this is the end. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. Tony, let everybody know where they can find you. Anything else you've got going on you want to promote? Uh, WrestlingTradingCards.com. You know, it's just this little website that's been around for a couple months. Um, <laughs> yeah, give it a check over, uh, see what you think about it. But uh, you can find uh, all information about us and contact us through all social media. All found at the bottom of every single page on WrestlingTradingCards.com. Soon to celebrate, not it couple month anniversary but 20th anniversary coming up not 20 just months, out, 20 yeah, years and by the way speaking of anniversaries too we got the wrestling card price guide you know he is now launched he launched the online version of it in uh 2012 uh so he's coming up there we go his, his, it's his 10th anniversary yep so you got the one-two punch right there of wrestling card price guide and wrestlingtradingcards.com always providing you uh, the most information possible when it comes to the hobby of wrestling trading cards, uh, checklist information, images, all that good stuff. So check the us out, man. warriors of the wrestling card community. There you the go. Legion of Doom. <laughs> I, I'll just be Paul Ellering, or you can have Chuckster be Paul Ellering. Uh, yeah, it's a toss-up. Let's make, well, I, it's probably Chuckster because he actually contributes to your guys' sites more. I might do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, just do, do your own thing. You, you, <laughs> uh, speaking of that, you can find my stuff, Wrestling With Cards on YouTube, Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. Um, check out the links in the show notes to everything Tony's got going on, everything I've got going on. If you enjoyed this video and it brought you some value, again, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this at on whatever podcast platform you're on. Hit that subscribe button. Share it with a friend. You know, we talk about growing the wrestling car community. That's one way you can do it is spreading this show with other people out there. 
-hmm. wrestling fans, sports card collectors, even people who are already in wrestling cards. We've, you know, found I, Tony, I don't know about you. I've had people DM me and they're like, Hey, I don't talk a lot about my collection, but I've actually been collecting wrestling cards for like 30 years. And I just found your show. And I'm like, awesome. Like whether they agree with us or disagree with us, I'm glad we can give them something to listen to that is within their niche of the hobby. Yeah, and if you got, I mean, if you're a collector, you obviously know other collectors, and if you know someone who's already kind of like, you know what, I'm going to kind of give this wrestling cards a, a shot, um, you know, share it with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Go in and say, hey, you know, this is a great uh, tool to use. Hopefully, that you can get some information from and help you with your collecting and, and wrestling cards. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Again, hit that subscribe button. And until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. We'll see you. Wrestling cards.